0: Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. Man, it is good to be back. I have missed you guys on a rainy uh, North Carolina Sunday morning. Um, it's been wonderful to leave Caribbean temperatures to come back here the last couple of days. It's been My sinuses are saying good morning as well. So, uh, my voice normally isn't this deep, but I'm trying to sing with TJ. And uh, yeah, it's fun. Man, so uh, we're starting a new series today. I'm super jacked about it. It's called Don't Take the Bait. I love the fishing symbol. Uh, The whole message came to me. Come to find out, it was one that a, a buddy of mine preached with the same title, but I didn't know it until we named it. I told him I got ready to steal all of his stuff, and then he said, just call it confirmation. Um, so some of you guys know Pastor Nick. We were on a lead pastor getaway, and uh, one of the things we do is I went on one, and now I actually help help facilitate um, these now with Pastor Nick and Pastor Matt and some other guys, and we take pastors that are just tired, and we encourage them. Uh, we take them fly fishing, which is not my it's not my thing. Uh, I did catch a huge uh, – so I went and I uh, got so frustrated because there's a there's a knack to – it's called a roll cast. So you got to kind of get your cast going, and it's a little bit more rhythm than what I have. Um, and so we're fly fishing, and I'm getting frustrated. And finally, uh, everybody – it's the first time I'd ever win. Everybody just walked off from me. They're just like, leave him <laughs> alone. Because um, I have this thing, uh, if I can't win, I don't want to play. Anybody else in the house, like if you know, like if you are not, if you cannot win, you just take your crap and go to the house. You're just like, I don't want to play. I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, So uh, I'm fly fishing and all of a sudden uh, I hook one and you don't. So I'm a bass fisherman. uh, So I used, you know, grip it and rip it. Anybody ever heard that? Like you just, you don't do that. They call it the Statue of Liberty. Straight up, it's dainty. So I, I do it. And then they're like, uh, don't back up. Guess what I did? Backed up. And then they're like, don't reel it. Strip the line. Strip the line. Guess what I did? I reeled it. I did everything possibly that you could do wrong and caught one of the biggest fish that they've ever brought out of that river. It was so awesome, right? It was, I'll bring a picture of it next week. It's so great. And so I got my picture cheesing with it. And the bad thing is I didn't even know that it was a good fish. Um, it's the equivalent to my deer hunters of like shooting a 10 pointer on your first time out and not knowing if it's good or bad. It's like, I was like, "Was well, it good? And the guy's like, it's like a 10 pail. Like, yeah. Now I'm excited, right? you related it to something I know, but here's what, here's what I came to. So then once I caught a really good fish, I wanted to know how you did it. It's not enough for me just to, to be involved. I'm a little bit of an obsessive personality. So I have to know how everything works. Any of my obsessive people in the house? Like, it's not just enough to know that it works. You have to know how it works. My dad had a CB when I was little. Back, uh, anybody remember Smoking the Bandit? We're not approving that movie because I didn't remember the language that was in it, but it's a great movie. And so my dad had a CB and he brought it home and it's brand new. Back then, that was like a thing. That was like a, an iPhone of its day. And so uh, he showed me, let me talk on it and all that. But then he took it out of the car and put it in a closet. And so I had to know how it worked. So I took it apart. And all the diodes that were inside, I took a pair of pliers and pulled those off because I want to know how they worked. And I'm great at taking things apart. That's not where I struggle. It's fixing it. Here's what I figured out. Uh, TJ and I taught this a couple weeks ago, but John 10.10 says this. It says that the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. Now I'm going to pause there. I'll get to the rest of the scripture here in just a second. So we're on this trip, this fly fishing trip, and I'm like, I want to know how it works. They're like, what you do is you get in the river and you start flipping rocks over, and you find out what the fish are eating, these little nymphs and stuff. And they're like, and then you bait your hook with the same thing that they're eating. And you send it downstream and they'll they'll nail it. And here's the thing it may take a couple of passes, but eventually they'll take the bait. Here's what I did. So we're on this trip, and somebody said something. And like, have you ever ever said something? Everybody in the room went, I'm about to light that up. I'm about about to just smoke that. And one of my friends looks, one of the pastors, it was either Pastor Nick or Pastor Matt, looked and went, don't take the bait. And I grabbed my phone and I wrote it. Because it reminded me of John 10.10. The enemy comes to do one thing, to kill, steal, and destroy. I guess that's three things. But the enemy is like so focused on what he does. And here's the thing. For thousands of years, he studied humanity. He got good at people. Have you ever, if you have some age on you, now if you're 20, you don't—you probably are not good at this. If you're above, I'm going to say 35, you get better at this. The Reverend Bon Jovi said this. <laughs> Huh. He said it's only the same, it's all the same. Only the names have changed. Here's the thing. If you got a problem with somebody at this job and you change jobs because of that person, here's the problem. They're gonna hire that person with a different name. It, it may have been a tall George, It'll be a short Fred. It's all the same. But the names change. They're going to have the same personality. They're going to have the same character. Because here's the thing. What the enemy wants to do is he wants to float the same boat bait by you long enough to kill, steal, and destroy things in your life. You may not hit it the first. Here's what I want to do. I want to throw my bait in the water, have a fish hit it. Let's catch. What's the limit? Six. I want to cast six times. Let's put them in the boat. Let's go to the house. If I play baseball, three up, three down. I want to hit one home run, let's get out. And whether you win by 20 or 1, it's a dub. Let's go to the house. You know the problem with fish? (laughs) Nobody told them to die. You throw it, and, and you throw it, and you throw it. And then I'm contemplating throwing the reel, <laughs> and the people I'm with, uh, Pastor Matt and Pastor Nick, are like, "No, no, 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 no! Let's just change the bait, man. You gotta be patient. You gotta be patient." I'm like, "Dude, I'm freaking Type A. That ain't a skill set. You need something broke. I'm your dude. You need you need a mountain taken. I'm your guy. I am not patient." Anybody identifying with this? Here's what I had to learn. The devil is patient. He's going to keep floating bait by you over and over and over. And if that doesn't work, he'll just change baits and float it by you over and over. And Anybody ever had a thought in their head? Anyway, no, 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 that's not right. And then it just floated back by over and over and over and over over until finally you took the bait. Scripture says this, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you have life and have life abundantly. Here's the thing. Until you learn to identify the enemy moving in your life, you will never have abundant life. Because what you'll do is you'll take the bait. I'm going to talk about different baits next week. You're going to like it. Some of it I'm probably going to get in trouble for. Because I'm not going to tell anybody what I'm doing until I do it. That way my wife can't tell me not to. (laughs) Uh, When TJ and I talked, we we said this, man, the devil can't make you sin. Anybody ever heard this? Devil made me do it. That's a lie. Devil didn't make you do anything. Devil can't make you do anything. Devil is not all-knowing. We talked about this. I think we did a good job at it. Here's what the devil's great at, fishing. I just keep floating the same. You ever notice why every time you go to Walmart, people in Walmart or people that go to Walmart, And they get on your nerves every time you go to Walmart. Because here's the thing, the devil knows that Walmart is one step above hell. So he's going to just keep floating enough bait by you to get you to react to the bait. You ever notice why the interstate I-40 is always like I-40? It makes you want to flip people off and call them uncircumcised Philistines. Because people are falling for the bait every day. So all, here's the thing. All I'm, If I'm the devil or, or the cohorts, I'm one of the demonic forces, right? Because the devil, we talked about this, is not omnipresent. He's in one spot. So what does he do? He uses a third of the fallen angels that are demons, and they run around trying to torment people, right? But here's the thing. They don't really have any power. That's why he says he roams around like a like, like a roaring lion, lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm like God. I'm just not God. So all I can do is fish. All I can do is grab my pole Sling the bait out there and cat now here's the thing, I'm going to hell. if I if I'm the devil, I'm going to hell. that's I can't get out of it. I have nothing but time until I run out of time. So I can be patient. Because here's the thing, you know it's not you the devil wants. But because God wants you, anybody ever had a bad friend? We used to call it ho friends. They didn't want your boyfriend. They just didn't want you to have your boyfriend. So they just casted it out there. And I can be patient because you can get it right a hundred times. I can cast that line a hundred times. And I only need that fish to bite once and I'll change its life. I, the devil can be as patient as he wants to because he only gets, has to get you to bite one time. One bad decision. One bad moment. 1 Peter 5.8. And we used, uh, TJ and I used a bunch of these. Uh, 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Man, he's just fishing. That's it. So here's what I wanted to know. So, so, so I was pondering, and I'm like, well, well, what do I have to do to have a bait? Like, like, what do I have to do to sin? So what I did was I bought a table. Makes sense, right? Because if you're talking about sin, it's a table. Because here's what I figured out. The devil likes to serve me up sin. So what does it really take for you to sin? Well, here's the the reality. I have to be tempted. Temptation alone does not make a table. Can I be honest with you? Some people think because they're tempted, they sinned. I thought about it. That's not a sin. Well, Jesus said, if a man thinks in his heart, thinking in your heart and thinking about it is not the same thing. Thinking in your heart is when you're plotting on it. Like this, can, can can we just be honest? Somebody walks by and you find them attractive. If the rock walks in, some of you ladies are going to look and go, "That, my lord, is a great representation of a dude." That, yeah, but here's the real. I have people over here having church glory. I'm like, come on, man, let's dial that down a little bit. I've got a, I got this in my hand. Just remember that rhythm sticks. So here we go. But for some ladies, that would not be some some believe this or not, some ladies do not find that body type attractive. But you let Matthew McConaughey walk in here. All right, all right, all right. It could be a different issue. You let pick your poison. The the first thought is not is not the sin. It's when you start thinking more and really getting it down in your heart. It's like this. You ever thought about, like, you know what? I could ram your car right now. And then you're like, that's stupid. I don't need to do that. That's a bad decision. You let it go. You ever thought, I'm going to ram your car, and then when you hit the wall, I'm going to pull over beside you. I'm going to drag you out of the car. I'm going to beat you. And then you start begging for mercy, and I'm going to be like, no, learn to drive. (laughs) And And then at your funeral... I'm going to, right? See, so one is just a fleeting thought that you have to dismiss. It's the, it's the bait passing by your brain. The other is when you begin to take the bait. That's what Jesus is talking about. And He said, man, here's the thing. If, if, if the devil's going to serve you a table of temptation, it's not enough to make you sin. C- can I take it a step further? Sometimes we're tempted and we have desire. Still, does not a table make? See, you can you can be tempted and even want to. Remember when you went to church and people told you um, that um, that uh, God will take away your desire to sin. That's a lie. Uh, Hebrews eleven twenty five says this, and I'm going a little out of order. So, media team, I apologize. It says this. 11, 20, 25 says this. Choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to, quote, enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. If you sin right, it is fun for a while. Sin is fun for a while, but then it runs out. And here's the thing, it says, for the wages of sin are death. Death, Sin can be fun for a season, but its end payoff is going to be you going to hell. So what happens is the devil floats by temptation. And then he floats by desire. And I kind of want to. Can I be honest with you? Wanting to is not a sin. Thank God. Wanting to is not a sin. Being tempted and wanting to is not a sin. Being tempted and wanting to is not a sin. That's a good day. But when I add on the time to do it, I've got temptation. I've got desire. And I figured out the timing now I'll execute it. If I take away any of the three legs, I will not sin. Can I prove it to you? Let's have an affair. Never thought you'd hear that in church. (laughs) Hey, I saw this pretty person. And I really find them desirable. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to remove myself from being around them alone. Hey, I really I really have been thinking a lot about um, having a lot to drink because it's been a bad week. I have the temptation... And you know what? Ain't nobody going to be at the house. I got time. Yeah. But you know, I remember what getting drunk feels like the next day. You remember that feeling when like, uh, you felt like a combination between vomiting and your yesterday's toilet? You know that taste in the back of your mouth that makes your saliva glands excrete even though they shouldn't be? So, I have the time and the temptation, but the desire is gone. Does this make sense? Now, I don't know how to unscrew the table leg of temptation. Can I be honest? Like, the devil is a tempter, it's what he does. Have you ever noticed that, that, that I'm going to talk about this next week, anger? You tempted me to be angry at you, and you did a good job. You ever you ever had somebody tee this one up so well, you're just like, this is a no-freaking-brainer. I'm not even sure this isn't the will of God for my life, is to be mad at you, right? I have time. And I desire to do it. So here's the question. Which one of the three do you take out of your way? Because if anger is not a fruit of the Spirit, how do you? But if I understand the three, I can't take the temptation away. It's there. So am I going to move my location? Am I going to take my time and opportunity away? Or am I going to change my desire? Oh, I can't, I can't get a hold of myself. JC, I JC Preached a message one time called Fix Your Face. I think that was the name of it. Grandma used to tell him, she didn't care how he felt. He just needed to fix his face. You ever looked at your kid and be like, I don't really care how you feel. You better get it together. I'm okay. If you can't fix the de- desire, you need to fix your location. You need to fix the time because the time is the opportunity. Oh, you know what? I struggle with porn. Well, I can't, I can the temptation is there because everything you have is a smart something, except you. No, no, no. The dumbest thing using my smart devices is me. It's the reason I have to use them. So if the temptation is there, and can I be honest? When you see naked people, especially if you're a dude, there's some desire there. Ain't a dude in the room except J.C. going to say yes. And he'd been married like a year. What nudity? Uh, Honey, I don't even know what he's talking about. Pornography? What is is pornography? Oh, honey, I didn't even know that it was a thing. Anyway, so what do you remove? If I can't remove desire and I can't remove temptation, then I have to not give myself time to fall into that. So how do I do it? I ain't gonna be alone on my stuff. I'm gonna get I'm gonna give people passcodes to my to my junk. I'm gonna set up an accountability partner. I want people that are gonna ask me because, because I can't change two of the legs, but I can change the other. And if I can change the other, I can save myself from taking the bait. Because it's gonna float by, and it's gonna float by when you don't want it to float by. Ladies, the dude at work is not the copier repair man at work. Sergio with his six-pack is not going to flirt with you on a day when your husband sent you roses. He's not going to do it. He's going to flirt with you on a day when your husband capitalized on stupidity. Why? Because the devil understands temptation, desire, and time. Does this make sense? So all you have to do to defeat the enemy is understand how he works and be situationally aware, self-aware enough to go, hey, and and how are we situationally aware? Ironically enough, TJ, we talked about this too. God sent this thing, this person, this this third person of Godhead called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sits there and goes, hey, you need to pay attention to that. Because I'm going to say this. The stuff I send down the river does not look like the stuff that's actually in the river. It's a very poor counterfeit. How many rubber worms you ever see going through like Lake McIntosh? I don't think that's a real common thing, right? It's not natural. You ever notice that, that when the enemy sends a counterfeit by your life, you always know it's counterfeit. Even when you take it, you knew it wasn't what you were supposed to be doing. I love this. Jesus, when he taught his disciples to pray in Matthew 6, 13, he he says this, he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, that doesn't mean that God tempts you. Matter of fact, there's a scripture, I think Paul wrote it and said, never say God tempts you, God doesn't do that. But what he's saying is, man, don't let my pads be in front of the devil to take the bait any more than I have to. And God, when the devil floats something by it, Let deliver me from it. Let me swim by it without taking the bait. Because here's the thing. Not only does does God prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy, the devil's made a table of his own. And you get to pick which table you sit at. Hebrews 11.25 says this. To enjoy... I'm skipping through that part. Second half. To enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Sin has a short table life. Anybody, anybody here a steak eater, carnivore? Yeah, come on, brother. Tell you what, I could be vegan if they let me eat meat. Um, I'm just saying. So when I grill steaks, I have a rule. I don't care what you're doing. When I take them off, it's time to eat. I don't care if the sides are done. I don't. Because about three minutes after I take it off the grill, is three to five, is the optimal time for you to cut that steak and start eating it. Now, I don't know if anybody here has been to the grocery store and paid attention, but groceries right now cost $9,782 for a box of Raisin Bran. Steak is even more than that. I'm, I'm, I'm down to one lung. That was a joke, but anyway. So you have to eat it within its shelf life. Anybody try to eat a cold steak? You can take a you can take a $50, leave that up just for a second. You can take a $50 steak, set it out for 15 minutes, and you got a $2 steak. Because it has a shelf life. Anybody ever gone to a family reunion and Aunt May made her famous deviled eggs in July? And she got there at 8 45 because old people show up early because they don't have anything else to do. And it's 3 15 in North Carolina in July. And a fly flew over Aunt May's deviled eggs and it died. Because that, those deviled eggs were good for about two hours. And then the thing that made them taste so good, the chemical inside the egg, began to rot. What makes sin taste so good in hour one is what turns it into cancer in hour five. What brought you life in hour two is bringing you death in hour five. Scripture says this: that the pleasure of sin is fleeting, it just doesn't last long. Here's a beautiful thing: that 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 God always provides a way out of sin. So this 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 whole message, if you don't know it, is basically a recap of other things we've taught because you need to you before we start showing you how the enemy works, you need, to, you need to recognize how the enemy works. Right? Before we start looking at baits, you need to understand how the fisherman thinks. And he goes into this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. I'm, I'm getting ready to come to close. He says this, No temptation has overtaken you, but that, that is con- that is not common to man. God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I'm going to go back to the beginning of that. First of all, people come and meet with me and they're generally crying because people don't meet with me to tell me good stuff, right? Like, like very rarely do I get, Hey, we're having a baby or Hey, I decided to get married or that's like one eighth of the things people tell me about. Generally it starts out like this. Man, I'm so embarrassed to tell you this. (sighs) You've never heard anybody tell you anything this bad before. And when I do that, I always roll my eyes because I've been doing this since I was 18. I'm 48. I've been doing this for 30 years, three decades of people telling me all the ways that they can train wreck their life. You ain't new. My first time marriage counsel was when a wife wanted to bring another woman into the relationship. That's a heck of a start. And I'd love to tell you that's the worst thing I've heard in three decades of doing this. So can I say this, whatever you're going through, probably ain't that big of a deal. The number two thing is, I generally don't remember it a year later. People are like, hey, Pastor, you remember when you talked to me about it? I'm like, is it going to hurt your feelings a lot if I'm honest with you? Because I've talked to 400 people since then, and I really can't remember your issues. Besides that, I got my own. Generally, I care way more about my issues. Than I do yours. I keep a record of my wrongs way better than I keep a record of your wrongs. Any of those people in the house? Man, I can forgive you. I just struggle with me. Jesus says this. He says, Man, there's nothing that's that's new to you. The psalmist David said there's nothing new under the sun. The method can change. David looked at a lady on a rooftop, lusted after her, had her husband killed, got her pregnant, did all that stuff, right? We just look at porn on a, on a, on a tablet. The rooftop changed, but the rest of it did. Noah builds an ark, saves humanity, gets off, spends you know, 40 days or so with his family, grows a vineyard, gets drunk, is naked drunk. That's beyond drunk. Some of y'all are laughing. You're laughing. I've been to get drunk before. That's a, that's not a good day. It's funny that we have people in 2023 that are still bad on what Noah was bad on, BC. It really had the devil hasn't changed the bait that much. Now, the poll changed, the delivery method changed, but the bait really hasn't changed. So when you sit there and you're like, man, nobody's ever going to understand where I'm at. You're not. I love you with all my heart. I missed you guys while I was gone, but you're not unique. Your problems are not unique. The story around it may be a little, you know, unique, but the root of it is just like everybody else's. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, man, anytime that there's temptation, one. God said, "I'm not gonna let you be. I'm not gonna let you be tempted beyond your ability to remove a leg, not three legs." Anybody ever decided you're going to quit doing something? You ask God to take the taste away. I'm gonna quit smoking. Fifty-seven times. I had a friend of mine. I'm like, "You gonna quit smoking?" There. I quit anytime I want to. I've quit thirteen times. I did the same with M&Ms. Can I be honest with you? I can only judge so much because I'm I'm never going, anybody ever said this? I'm never going to eat that again. And then you eat that again because you got tempted, you had desire, and you had time. Anybody ever been on a diet? You walk in the pantry and it's just you and your diet and Oreos? And a diet drink, stop it. I'm tempted. And I want it. Now I got a dog that'll tell on me, if you you wrinkle cellophane paper, my dog's in there looking at you like the Holy Spirit. He's like, what are we doing? Anybody ever have to do this? You know what I'm going to have to do? I'm just going to have to walk out of the pantry. Because if I spend any more time in here, I'm going to eat that whole sleep because I'm not a quitter. God generally does not take the desire away. If you read Scripture, God generally does not take the devil's ability to tempt you away. But what God gives you the ability is to control your environment. Why do I come to church? Why is it that when people start doing stuff they're not supposed to, the first thing they stop doing is going to church? There's a correlation there. Because the more time I spend in the house of the Lord, when I'm out of the house of the Lord, the less less comfortable I am with what I'm being tempted with. But he said this, he said, "Um, God is faithful and will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also... Provide a way of escape that you may be able to go through it. To endure is to go through. Anybody ever go on a, on a timeshare free vacation? Once we're just gonna do you, we just sit through a quick conversation. If you don't want no pressure, after they get done with waterboarding you. Some of y'all went to these, some of y'all have not. The laugh tells me if you've been to one. Like, Chad's in the back laughing sinisterly, and I'm like, Chad's been to one. God said this. He said, but if you resist the devil, he will flee. If you remove one leg of the table, you can escape. Last scripture. Galatians 5.25 says this, but if we live... by the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit part of this journey is li- learning to listen to that still small voice of the holy spirit that says get away get out cast that thought down don't get here's the thing anybody ever had that reoccurring thought and you're like why can't i get rid of that thought cuz you didn't replace it you just tried to get rid of it it's like throwing away a boomerang But your mind can only do one thing at a time. Give it something else to do. Start singing worship songs. And I promise you this, in the midst of it, you'll forget one line. Which is not always a bad thing because then your mind is stuck looking for that one line and can't find the temptation. So you pull the the time, you pull the opportunity away. But Jesus said this, He said, man, if you're really going to mature in your faith, you're going to have to learn to keep in Step with the Spirit. As we come to close, here's my thought. Um, there's an old saying in the fisherman world, and it says this, in order to catch big fish, you need to use big bait. Do you ever wonder that maybe your life has been full so much with so much temptation because God has a big destiny for you? What you think is, I suck. Look how bad I am. Every time I turn around, I'm getting tempted and I'm falling to it. Well, here's the thing. Nobody hardly fishes for minnows. I never get five of my closest friends go, hey guys, you want to get those little green nets and go to the creek? Let's see if we can get the smallest ones possible. I and mean, if I'm doing that, I'm just going to I'm going to the pet store and just buying them in a bag. Do you know what guys do? Guys go, hey, you know what? Let's go rent a boat. Let's go out deep. Let's face throwing up over the rails, and let's try to hook up with some. You know, has. Oh, yeah. Never wondered this? That maybe you're the big fish the devil's trying to catch. That maybe your impact is, is, has such potential and such, such probability of changing the world that the enemy has to catch you before you catch other people? Because the irony is this. The devil is fishing for you, but God called you to be a fisher of men. Everybody's trying to catch something. The question becomes, which one are you going to lean into? The question becomes, man, are you, are you going to look at the table that the enemy set before you and just take one of the legs out of it? Because it gives you three things, man. If you're a note taker, you're to write this down. He gives you time. He gives you desire. And he gives you temptation. To escape, all you've got to do is get rid of one. And you win. God's plan for your life is for you to win. The only way you win is by not taking the bait. Can we pray? Father, we thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you for giving us the ability, God, to escape the temptation of the enemy. God, next week we're going to look at specific traps. But God, today, will you just let us recognize how the enemy tries to work in our life, God, and let us not take the bait. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm here, but I'm not where I'm supposed to be with the Lord. That's you, whether you're here or you're online. Will you just slip your hand up real quick? I just want to pray with you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Across this building, can we just pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. Create change in me from the inside out. Today, I dedicate my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just give a round of applause to these folks that make that? It's a huge decision, biggest decision of your life. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't wanna miss what's coming next.